0: This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We're very, always excited to have you guys back, but especially this week because we are doing some great, great beers, Dad. Do you remember our topic this week?
1: Belgium beers, man. Belgium beers. Oh, what yeah. are
0: you What are you going to be doing?
1: I'm doing Orval. Orval. It's a Trappist beer. Okay. And I'm going to be doing
0: the St. Bernardist ABT 12. Um, it is not a Trappist ale, and we'll kind of get into the difference of those as we move on, but it is a Belgian Quad Abbey style ale. Really excited to get into this, and Dad, what are we snacking on
1: for yours? Well, I have croquettes, which uh, is a potato-based, not pancake. You make it into a round like the size of golf ball, and then I have Mussels. I rent all over the state of Arkansas trying to find mussels, (laughs) but I found some. And then I just have some simple Belgium chocolates.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be cool getting to hear some of your stories about going to Belgium and drinking the beer while you're there. And um, while we're doing while we're sipping on mine, uh, we're going to be having some Roquefort blue cheese. We have a beef and potato stew and some milk chocolate covered caramels with sea salt. So, it's going to be uh, pretty exciting as we go on. So, Dad, let's, uh, before we get into this, let's talk about the blind from last week. Um, I think, if I'm remembering right, I called it a uh, GSM style
1: from Rhone. So yeah. What was it? It was a Costa Rhone, Josh. Right. go. Here we Costa go. Rhone. It's one of our favorites. It's uh, a really good wine, and its price points are very reasonable. It's less than 20 yeah, when I was tasting it, I was like, I've had this before. <laughs> yeah, we have, have it had a had lot it
0: before. <laughs> so <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> Alright, well we uh, are we ready to get into it? Sure. Okay, well let's start with let's start with yours and go ahead and tell us again what it is. It is Orval. And how do you, like, Dad, how do you spell Orval? O R
1: V A L. O R V A L. Orval. Okay, cool. Yeah. And you start you start Googling and it comes up Orville Falvus? No, no, not (laughs) Orville Falvus. Come on. And we said, it's a Trappist beer? And we'll get into that here in a little bit. And this Orval, I guess we can't get it anymore in Arkansas. Oh, that's weird. Come on, distributors. But you've been holding on to these for a little bit. Well, I had, and I thought I just had one, but luckily, Josh, I shared one for myself. And one for you. Oh, I'm surprised you just didn't hold on <laughs> hold on to that second bottle <laughs> well, for yourself. I, like oh, sorry, I really John, wanted sure. to. <laughs> um, they're they're not a 12 ounce bottle. Yeah, they're like 11.5, and the alcohol content isn't that high. It's about six and a half. Okay, and that's one of the things that you might recognize with some of these Trappist beers that the alcohol is way up there. Yeah, yeah, mine's a mine's at 10 percent yeah so there is a list that you can google and find of the different trappist beers so before we kind of go into the list of it what does it mean to be a trappist ale? well it means it's made by trappist monk okay very simply yeah they're not all in Bar- belgium i have to look that up but I think there's like six of thirteen in Belgium, something like that. Yeah, there's one out in New Mexico that makes some beer.
0: I didn't know that, Josh. Yeah, I've I've had it before. It's really good. But so it's a it's a it's a specific order of the Cistercian monks. That's right. Um, that are called Trappists, and one of the tenets of abbey life and monkhood and even sisterhood is the idea of working. For good, keeping your hands busy putting out a product, and to support the abbey, besides just the parishioner support, and Trappist Trappist monks make beer. All right, they made beer and they
1: sell the beer to help support their local abbey. In fact, Orval was not made until 1931. Really, and so the Trappist monk there in Belgium at this an ab- it, it's called an abbey. abbey at the abbey they needed to do some renovations okay so they said hmm let's make a special beer and we'll yeah. sell that beer and it'll help pay for our upgrades oh, okay now there's a there's a trappist la Trappe beer from the netherlands that was started in 1884 wow Chimay, which we both tasted, yeah, is 1863. So yeah. there's a long list here. And
0: Chimay or Chimony, depending on who's yeah, who's pronouncing it, right. is probably one of the ones that if you're thinking, well, I don't think I've ever had a Trappist ale before. If you've had Chimony Blue, it's,
1: it's really popular. That is a Trappist beer. That's right. Now, you, you can Google and, and determine which one is the best Trappist beer in the world. And it typically comes up and I'm going to slaughter this name it's like "West Breverterra." West Beverterra. Is it in Germany? Or is it in Belgium?: It's Belgium? OK. The interesting thing, I'm looking at a picture of these beers lined up on like a rail. Uh-huh. All of them have labels, but this one. Oh, the top one doesn't have a label. This, this number one, weird of all, doesn't have a label. And so, you know, I was reading about it yesterday and it says, Well, you know, monks don't sell very much of it. Right. That's why it's so pricey. hmm It says, Now the monks wouldn't like this, but go to eBay and maybe you can find some. <laughs> well, I went to ebay, Josh. Yeah. And I found an empty bottle. That somebody wanted to sell me for twenty bucks. Are you gonna start selling your empty bottles for twenty bucks? Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I, I didn't I didn't know that was a situation. Yeah. Have you smelled it yet? I have. I've actually taken a couple of sips of it. Tell me and what you smell.
0: So, first of all, because I know you like to talk about the, the appearance of this. And it's, so, just as a reminder for our listeners, we're tasting the, well, I'm tasting mine out of the standard beer glass that we taste out, which is kind of a tulip glass. Now, my dad is actually drinking out of the Orval glass. And that's another thing about a lot of Belgian beers is they all have specific glasses that go with their beer, um, which I think is really cool. I chose not to get the Saint Bernard's glass um, and I'll just because it was almost like a regular tube of glass anyway. But this is like a good golden orange orange color, like almost a like a burnt orange red. It is kind of foggy.
1: You know, you yeah, can't quite it, see all the way through it. Yeah, I don't th- I don't think they uh, filter it
0: much. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was going to go with that is you know, it's not really filtered you know the same kind of thing you've got a really like creamy head on it um which is the top bubble bubble layer and it's at least in my glass it's staying really really well Um, we poured these about oh gosh about 15 minutes ago maybe and i still have a good quarter half inch um head on my beer which is which is really good now what is it? What's it kind of doing in your glass? Because it's kind of well, cool. it
1: dissipated because it's getting much more uh, air because of the glass being not a tulip glass, but about a three and a half inch bowl top. It's kind of like a chalice. Yeah, that's like why I like it. <laughs> it's really, it's really nice. And, yeah, you know, I kind of see a sunset orange color. Yeah, it's got some good fruit to it, and then you know when you taste it. It's quite sweet, don't you think?
0: yeah, so when i'm on the smell of it, there is some definitely a good some like tropical fruit, right, which is kind of which is typical because of some of the yeast strains that they use in making Belgian beer, and so there's like some tropical fruit, some honey, there's a good yeasty
1: bready quality to it on the nose, and in one of our episodes, we talked about the Marie episode with uh Fremont Brewery, we talked about fresh hops. Yeah. These monks. Dry hops. So uh, yeah. They they put you know, they put their hops in the bowl and then later they put huge it says huge hop sacks once the beer is done brewing and the hops are added at a at a dry hop stage. Yeah. That to me that's just awesome
0: right and like my dad was saying the beer has kind of a like a sweet kind of thicker texture to it it does have a lot of like sweet really really ripe like pineapple not quite as acidic as pineapple but a lot of good like big tropical fruit there's even some like a little bit of banana in there but not a whole bunch
1: they also use candy sugar in this beer candy? candy sugar? yeah c-a-n-d-i Oh, okay. It's, you know, those sticks, those hard sticks of, I guess, uh, like rock rock sugar? Yeah, it's like a rock sugar. Okay.
0: Yeah, and you can kind of get that sweetness, and that kind of elevates the alcohol. What did you say the alcohol in this again was? Just six and a half. Just six and a half? Okay. But it still has a lot of that, like, good, rich, malty, sweet kind of flavor going on. Now, I know you said this is a Trappist beer. But what style of beer is it itself? What style? Isn't it like a pale, isn't it a pale ale technically?
1: I would say it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a Belgian pale ale. Okay. You know, it's not, um, Indian pale ale. It, it's pale ale from the standpoint, it's, it's got hops. It's somewhat hop forward. Mm-hmm. It was dry hopped. So, yeah. Now it. I might have read my bottle wrong cuz uh, I'm looking at some notes here and it says 6.9%.
0: Well, they, they so it just depends on the bottle. Well, and they have a they have a percent and a half range right. that it can be. Right. Um so that's uh, by the way, that is something really good to know. <laughs> is there is leeway when it comes to alcohol that's on the bottle and alcohol that's in the bottle. Yeah, be a little <laughs> careful is, sometimes. And sometimes, you know. If it says 10.5, it could be 11. It could be 11. It may even be, they might have even more of a play than that. But, you know, they, they it's strange. You're taxed on your alcohol level. Right. So, you know, they, they, they're staying in the 6% range because I think if it goes up at about 6.5%.
1: Right. Labeled. So, what I'm looking at here that uh, if I was saying it says 6.9, it's the Beer Geek uh, site, and it's scored 94 with all the people that have put in ratings.
0: And which, which beer rate, beer, sorry,
1: beer Geek stats. Yeah, so it's, uh, that's really highly rated. Yeah. Rated, you know, by yeah. hundreds of people here. So,
0: before we talk about some of your trips into Belgium, well, what do you want to taste first?
1: Uh, the croquette. Okay. So uh, The tell- croquette's somewhat of a standard in Belgium, and I would say other places in Europe. It's primarily a mashed potato with some herbs. You know, it has some parsley in it. It has bacon in it. It has uh, cheeses. And then you fry it, or you could put it in the, you could put it in the oven, but it wouldn't quite be quite as crisp. It's like,
0: if you've ever had a twice-baked potato, it's like the inside of the twice-baked potato, mm. balled up and fried.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's really good. Really, really good. Yeah, my, my first time to have these was, uh, we went to Bruises from uh, uh, Brussels. We flew into Brussels this, this trip that I need to talk about. Yeah. And uh, what that was is, Joanne noticed in in our newspaper that there was this special discounted trip. Once you got there, I mean, you're not not included in the airfare, but it's called beer and chocolate. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm all over beer.
0: Might as well just called it a Mom and Dad trip. <laughs> it really was,
1: because Mom was all over the chocolate and I was all over beer and she drank beer and i ate chocolate too so it was a fantastic trip yeah what do you think of this pairing you know i hadn't even tasted it you haven't even gotten into it <laughs> been yet. you've been yakking too much i think it's really good so the
0: the starchiness of the potato goes really well with the beer to kind of soften it and kind of take out some of that sweetness and then the like all the other elements in it the cheese and everything goes really well with the beer Mm. to kind of round it out and kind of make it, make the beer. It makes the beer a little bit more hearty in well, my opinion. We're going to need more beer. We don't have, no, we don't have any more beer. That's the problem. We gotta, we gotta make sure we pace ourselves on this one. And so, you know, we've talked a little bit about the glass, but um, run over to the Instagram and check out the, cause that's the picture that's going with the glass this week is the, the Orval glass. And it's a really cool chalice looking looking glass. So what do you think about that
1: pairing? I think it's a very good pairing, too. I was hoping it would be. In fact, I might have had Orval and a croquette when I was in Belgium. I bet you did at some point. Right. Or at least some other. But like Josh says, the neat thing about uh, Belgium is you'll order a beer, and here it comes in a special glass. And then you order another beer in a different special glass. And it's not like they're going to give you this pint and pour your beer into a pint. That's just not what they do. Right. I think I have other glasses. No. <laughs> you, you do. They're well, I know, up in the attic. I know, I know I have one that uh, you can't find the beer in Arkansas either, so this this is going to be the same way now. Which one? Was it the, the Quok? Uh, I don't know if we can find quack or not. Well, is that the glass you were thinking No, of? I was thinking of one of the Westamal glasses. Mm. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But so, so so have you noticed on well I don't know if we have a bottle here have you I'm, noticed on the bottle or the cap that there is a fish with a ring I can in actually, mouth?
0: I can see it on the back of your glass yeah. so what's
1: that all about Matilda who was a countess of Tuscany she accidentally dropped her wedding ring into water and then said a little prayer and then you know this sounds like it happened all instantaneously but then this trout or fish comes up and has the ring in its mouth so as a sign of gratitude she established the monastery on that site and that's the monastery for Orval
0: so the, yeah the so she did the, at the abbey orval
1: yeah
0: right there that's really cool
1: and if you go if you go and and google it that that abbey has some really tall buildings Uh-huh. and in the middle of that tall building is etched out of the marble or whatever the whatever the rock is this woman and it looks really so cool yeah. they they decided that that was important so they put a picture of the ring on well, this glass yeah on the bottle on the cap it just kind of established the whole thing. Yeah,
0: it, it's kind of their, their symbol. It's, yeah. their, it's kind of their moniker of having the, the fish with the... You know, that's, a really, that's a really cool story, and I wonder if you know, some of the other abbeys, I'm sure, a lot of the other abbeys and monasteries have uh, traditions like that. Now, while you were telling that story, I just ate my first mussel ever oh. <laughs> on this show. <clears throat> uh, I'm not a big seafood guy. Those of you, a lot of you that listen, know me and, and know that. And I just had my first mussel, and it was actually really good. How'd it pair? It actually paired really well. So, tell me real quick how you cooked these, how you cooked these mussels.
1: Okay. Well, first off, like I said in the in the preface, I went to the stores, grocery stores, that I thought might have mussels. Now this is the season, so it's it's from October to March. I even called a fish market, and he goes, oh, no, we don't have them. And then Joanne's kind of helping me. I'm getting frustrated, so she goes Mm -hmm. online. She finds that Walmart Hmm. grocery store has a bag. Well, it's a two-pound bag. Actually, what happened is I opened up one pound, and they're already cooked. Okay. So what I did is I refreshed the mussels in boiling water for just a few minutes to kind of wake them up, and then I cut some shallot and some butter and put that in the bottom of two cups of. I had some peanut grease that I wanted to okay, use. Okay. Yeah. So I will put two cups of peanut grease and steamed them. Put them back in with this and steamed them in in that mixture. Okay. And then I added some heavy cream for this sauce that you can see and and some parsley.
0: Okay. Well, they're really good. So they have this like really herbaceous quality and a good sweet meatiness that, but it's not overly sweet. And I think the, that herb, shallot, wine mixture goes really well with beer. I'm interested to see what
1: you think. I'm sure it will. I know I've had this with them. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So after you tell us kind of how, about that pairing, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the the abbeys that you went to when you were in Belgium?
1: Well, actually, Josh, we didn't go to any abbeys. Okay. We went to a, and I meant to get my shirt out, <laughs> so I could pr- pronounce the sour beer. Is it the, the the main sour beer that people get? No, it's a Cantonal or something like that. Okay. And this is the one where it was right in... It was right in <laughs> Brussels, right? Like almost downtown Brussels. But it had been there forever. Well, yeah. And this is one of those that they use yeast that's just naturally in the air. Oh, so this
0: was the, oh, the spontaneous fermentation place? Yes,
1: yes. And the interesting thing, and I'll tell a little bit more later, the interesting thing about Brussels, map is in Dutch and French. And so you'll be walking along and you've got the one side of the map where you're reading the map. There's this French st- street that you're following. Uh-huh. And next thing you know, it's gone. It's a different name. Well, you turn your map over, it might be <laughs> the, <laughs> it's the just, Dutch uh, it's name It's just now. the Dutch name now, yeah. But, uh, no. no, we really enjoyed going, going to that uh, winery where they, or beer where they had the sour beers. They had just put a new roof on. And I'm thinking, okay, put a new roof on. Well, you look up, and the new roof has these sectionalized holes. Yeah. That would let the rain come in, mm-hmm. but the main thing they want in is the east.
0: Yeah. And you were, you were telling me that, the, that when you looked up, first time you told me this, that you saw like there were cobwebs and things of that nature, and they left, the, they left a lot of the main rafters.
1: They did. When and, they did the new roof. This. And then then where I saw most of the cobwebs and and spiders even was when we went upstairs where they had stored the beer in the big uh barrels, the gas. Mm-hmm. I said something to one of the tour guides and he goes, bah, 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 that's your start process.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like you want as much of the natural that yeast just comes from the air and from the things that have been around for so long and that that really hones in that flavor for, especially sour, you know, open top fermentation, slow fermentation, and the spontaneousness of it, you know, really kind of makes it special. And so you guys didn't go out to Orball? No. When you were there? No. Wasn't part of the tour? I wish we had it. Wasn't day. part of the tour?
1: It's gonna be. <laughs> it's
0: gonna be. Well, the.
1: Once, once we all get our shots and the well, world Well, it's opens. like, you know, the beer and the chocolate. I had probably five different beers every day, <laughs> and every only, once in a while, only five. <laughs> well, maybe it was two of this one and two of that one to make well, it five different. <laughs> five different beers,
0: not five yeah. beers total. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's good. So that is a good pairing. I love that. Mm-hmm. But thinking of the story again, so fast forward to 2019, a brewery in Austin, Texas. Called Jester King announced its annual Orval Day. No. Orval and Jester King, comma, Austin, Texas. Weird. Okay? Uh, yeah, that's kind of a weird combination. It doesn't really. Okay, and then here's the brochure of 2019 Orval Days, and they're showing Madeline in the news. Oh. <laughs> With. With the beautiful trout coming up with the ring, yeah, it's caused some complaints. <laughs> well, I would bet <laughs> from Madeline,
0: right? But so, so what was the what was the Orval Day about? Was it like, was, was it connected it was, to? Yeah, the, it
1: was a festival for Or Orval beer. Okay, so I guess they must make some that's like it, or no? I think they must. Uh, the impression I got is that they important enough to have this orb all day i don't i didn't it doesn't really go into that detail the main nope. detail is oh my gosh <laughs> well yeah <laughs> that does kind of make a picture
0: that does kind of make a make a story but it's austin and i mean you know keep austin weird yeah so how has your beer changed as it's uh warmed up and kind of oxygenized oxygenized
1: yeah Ox- oxidized yeah. oxidized there we go so i'm get i'm getting more you know like we would expect we're getting more of the of the aromas. After eating some of those mussels, I get more of that uh, earthiness of that beer.
0: Yeah, the, herb, the herbaceousness and uh-huh. the, the shallot really kind of brings it out.
1: Ooh, I've forgotten how good this beer is. Yeah, me too.
0: I mean, I've got maybe a couple ounces left.
1: Well, it, you know, I saw it rated as number two. And then I saw it number three of the Trappist. Mm-hmm. so it's you know everybody like you know i say everybody likes it and it's got that 94 uh rating on it yeah that's a
0: that's a really good rating and you know that is an independent rating from you know from people it's not it's i mean i'm sure there are industry pe- professionals that will post on there but you know it's a good independent rating and it's a, it's a really good beer so any what a what else about some of those beer tours that you took in Belgium, what else is there anything else you kind of want to tell us about or
1: well one of the that main thing that I wanted to tell in in more detail is there is a you and Marie gave us this book called "A Thousand Places to Go before you die." hmm Mary's Chocolate is one of them, and because this was a beer and chocolate you know event. We figured we just had to go to Mary's Chocolate.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: So, like I said earlier, the map, you know, we're, we've got the address. This is before cell phones. This is two, no, not really before cell phones. This 2007 is when it was. Not smartphone, anyway. And not one that would work overseas. Right. But we're going along and going along and going along. And we notice, uh-oh the name of the street changed. Right. And what happened was the, um, I think it's, I don't know if it's the King's Land, King of Belgium, or what, but there's this big park on one side of the street. According to our map, that's exactly where Mary's Chocolate was supposed to be. Well, we walked around, walked around, walked around. So then it's like, Joanne, I think it's beer time. (laughs) (laughs) So we go get us a beer on the way back to the hotel. We ask them. It was very good. That hotel was very international, and they spoke very, very fluent English. Mm -hmm. And we ask them about that, and she said, well, you just didn't walk far enough. She said, it's actually on the other side of the street. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and the name changes back <laughs> when you get past that park or the or the king Whatever the, it is. Yeah, the King's Land. So next day we went back and we found it. A little carton of four chocolates that were a half an inch by a quarter inch thick, maybe, it was thirty six. Wow, well, I mean it's it's, it's known to be definitely some of the best chocolate in the good world. Good chocolate.
0: Speaking of the chocolate,
1: all right, while
0: we headed to, into the chocolate pairing,
1: okay. Uh, Orval, you know, like I said, started in 1931 and they're making about 61,000 US U.S. barrel beer, so that's not a whole lot. How compa- many? How many? 61,000 US, and the barrel. reason I say that's not a whole lot is because when I look at La Trappe, which is the Netherlands Trappist beer. They're making $124,000. Mm, mm-hmm.
0: That's a really good pairing. The beer.
1: Belgian chocolate is like
0: really smooth, really well done. The piece that I had, oh, so I had two pieces. One was like a little truffle, hanging a chocolate center, creamy chocolate, and the other one was a caramel one. And the creamy center of the chocolate and the the texture of the chocolate goes so well with the beer. Mm. Lifts it
1: up, rounds it out, and that's just. And its glass is empty. Uh, I've seen that's really good down into it. Yeah, it is. It's it's completely
0: empty. But it's it's a really good pairing. I mean, every single one of these was a great was a great pairing. And for those of you that know me, I ate three mussels. Mm. I ate <laughs> three of them, and they, I actually really enjoyed. I might be turning into a person that eats muscle. so okay. <laughs> so uh, you know we're learning we're learning a lot not only about the beer but about ourselves and mm-hmm. so so dad would you say that Orval is your
1: favorite Belgian beer that you've had? I would have to, I'd have to qualify it by it is my favorite that I could get here in Arkansas, and now I can't get it. So, now I've got a struggle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I never Ch- Chimay, or however you pronounce it. Yeah. To me, it's not as good. Right. It's just not the, you know, the mouthfeel, the whole thing. Now, the beer we're about to have, mm-hmm. that could be a close second. Okay. I've had that beer before, too. And I kind of like the Orval because I had the glass and the story is fun. Having been there and... We should have gone to the Orville <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of these uh, monasteries will actually, if you go there and if you, just now, you could text or go online and order beer. And I've, I've read this, that you order the beer, you tell them the license plate of the car that's going to be picking it up. Yeah. And then they'll sell the beer. A maximum of, like, 24 bottles. So, okay, ca- a case. Yeah. So, well, what's then...
0: So, first, before, before I ask this question, tell me what you think about the chocolate
1: pairing. I'm with you. I had the uh, caramel one. Yeah. And it, like you said, it rounded out the beer. The beer rounded out the caramel. Uh, I, I get more of that sweet, sweetness of the Orval. Hmm. By tasting the chocolate, yeah. But man, the all three of these pairings are pretty good. <laughs> they are really good. And I try to, you know, me, I'm trying to stick to the the whatever beer is, whatever wine is, whatever country it is. I try to stick with that kind of food.
0: Yeah, you you try and do a lot of the classic classical pairings. This one I stuck pretty classical as well. Okay, so what? Don't worry about if you can get it in Arkansas or
1: not. What is
0: your favorite Belgian beer you've ever had?
1: Um, the Western Mall, thats how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Double or triple. Okay. It has a heavier mouthfeel, heavier alcohol. Right. That would be my first choice. This one, like Orval, is so good. Yeah, but I don't think we we can't get it either. The Western Mall? Right.
0: Yeah, Belgian beers have gotten a little bit difficult. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know, we love supporting local. We love to support our local people. And there's been such a swing to support local that I think it's kind of hurt some of the distribution in Arkansas would be considered a smaller market. Mm -hmm. And getting some of those beers have become harder and they've gotten more expensive, which Mm -hmm. is another thing. So my beer... Um, if you check on the Instagram, you'll notice I bought it in a 750 bottle.
1: Well, that's... It'd be like 650 or
0: anyway, it's a, it's a, it's not a, it's good. a pint and nine and 9.4 fluid ounces. So you math people, you can figure out the, <laughs> the conversion rate. Cause it's not actually on here in, um, milliliters. anyway, but I bought it in that and it was about $13 but I looked at the four pack of small bottles and it was twenty three dollars. Right. And so these beers are a bit of investment, but they are worth it. Oh yeah. And I think if we can kinda you know, like I was saying, you know, the supporting local's fantastic, but there are other good beers besides what's local and some of the international beers have suffered because of that. And in a smaller market like Arkansas, product's not moving. the distributor's gonna
1: stop carrying. And I think that's probably in. what happened. Right. Uh there was a wasn't there a law that so, some of these you couldn't buy as a four pack. You could only buy two. No,
0: you so Arkansas what has was a that? Arkansas has a law that you cannot buy single bottles if they are smaller than uh like a bomber size. Yeah. And so you have to buy at least three. So a lot of liquor stores
1: I think I had three and I drank one, and that's the only reason I had the two left. <laughs> yeah. A
0: lot of liquor stores had kind of like a pick your own pack kind of thing, but it it got to be like it, it gets expensive because you're paying per bottle and you can make a three pack or a four, four pack that's, you know, $30, 40 $50 right. really easily because they are, you know, they are some of those higher ABV, you know, more expensive bottles or you know, harder to get bottles like the old Dublas uh that we would buy, you know, to add the um the Scotch the Scotch barrel aged Yeah. Old engine oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, old dub. Uh, yeah, which would you know, those got I mean those were thir- you know, thirteen, fourteen dollars a bottle. And they're like pint in you know, maybe pint oh, bottles yeah, or they're 50, like 12 ounces. Or fifty milliliter bottles. So it got Maybe not even 50 milliliters, you know, maybe 3 three twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, so So, uh, you know, it uh, can get really expensive real quick, but don't shrug them off, you know. Uh, look around, give them a try. And if you can find Orval, definitely give a try. Kind of like trying
1: try. that $40 bottle of wine that you're kind of gulping at the price, and then you realize... Man, this is really good. It's really good. And it's a,
0: you know, it's not an everyday, it's not an everyday no, bottle, it's a special bottle. But it's definitely something delicious and to be enjoyed. And not to, in you know, the experiences that we could miss could be really big. You know, same with, you know, with travel. Anyway, we don't need to talk about travel again. But what about, <laughs> what might be your best Belgium? Is um, it this one? You know, that I, we're about I to think, I think. So, I have a very limited pry range when it comes to Belgian beer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've done this one we're about to have. I've done the Orval. I've done Duval. um, uh, Sassan DuPont is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. As well as Delirium. Delirium's Christmas. Actually, so one of my favorite things is when it comes to Belgian beers are their Christmas ale. Yeah. Okay. That's their christmas every day thing. Yeah, uh Scaldis is another really good one that I've had and uh the Duchess of Bourgogne. Okay. Anyway, but there's a lot. I would probably say if I could pick one to drink the rest of my life and money didn't matter, it may have been a couple thanksgiving's ago we had a scotch ale. A scotch ale. I think I know it was a Belgian quad that had been aged in Nuit Saint George Burgundy Barrels. You hmm. remember that one? I remember that one. I can't remember the name. Can you? I can't remember the name of it, but it was, I'm pretty sure it was a Belgian beer, and it was, it was lights out. I mean, it was fantastic, and I have not been able to find it since. And it was, it was so, so good. Right. But anything else you want to say about Orval before we oh, kind of switch over? No,
1: I got few more Belgium stories, but that's not well, we what we're can, doing. Well, we
0: can infuse those into onto <laughs> my side because, yeah. you know, it's just great to have those stories anyway. So, let's go ahead and switch over to mine. All right. Uh, my beer is the St. Bernardus ABT12, and I had the same problem as you when it came to searching because every time I would search, yeah, it would start to auto-correct to... A St. Bernard dog. St. <laughs> <Saint> Bernard dog. <laughs> and so I was, you know, I had to, you know, I was like, no, I want the the Bernardus, not just Bernard. And so it was a little funny. But um, my snacks that we're doing along with this, we have some Roquefort blue cheese, have a beef, uh, beef stew, and then some car- milk chocolate covered caramels with some sea salt. This is not a Trappist beer. Um, it is... Just a Belgian beer because it is not made at an abbey.
1: So okay. go.
0: In about in the 60s, in the 60s, they, the Trappist monks kind of came together and, and made a law within Belgium that's saying that to be an authentic Trappist beer, it has to be made in a in a abbey. And St. Bernard's wasn't, even though its tradition comes from monks. Yeah. They go back, they, so they trace their lineage back into the 1900s with a, with, a monk, with a monk group that actually left France due to some taxation purposes and settled into Watu or Watan, Belgium. And they were big cheesemakers there and they made Porto Salt de Watan and St. Bernard's Watan cheeses. And that was kind of their income before moving over into beer. And this beer is so dark. Yeah, so this, it's a lot different in color. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 so what do you see? You, you what can, do you kind of see? You
1: can't see through it, but you can get some light colors from it. Yeah.
0: I'm getting like a really, really deep red.
1: Yes. Yes. It. Almost because like I, a, the light coming through the window through uh-huh. this glass gives me the red. But when you look at it without the light coming through, uh-huh. I mean, it's it's dark, dark brown. Yeah, it's
0: almost like a like a pomegranate juice. Yeah. Like a really, really deep red color. And so this is what's called a Belgian quad. So, yeah. On the
1: nose, I get the alcohol. Yeah, so
0: there are, <laughs> are balls. Or doubles, there Mm -hmm. are triples, Mm -hmm. and there are quads when Mm -hmm. it comes to Belgian beer. And this is a quad, so it's kind of four times the normal strength is kind of how they talk about it. What's the ABV? Uh, The ABV on this is 10%. Okay. This has a very characteristic, a very Belgian quad nose, Dad. What is a fruit that you smell on this? What are some of the fruits that you smell? I'm struggling with that, Josh. What, well, what do you smell? Anyway, what do you smell in it? What are you smelling? I think I get some orange. Okay. A little uh, bit of citrus. Yeah. Like I said, there's that alcohol. What about banana? Do you get any kind of sense of a banana, a really ripe uh, banana?
1: Not really, but I can understand that.
0: Yeah. So, so you're t- getting a banana? I get a, I get a banana smell. I get kind of a spicy smell.
1: I could say it's a plantain. Well you could say it's a plantain.
0: <laughs> but
1: <laughs> it's just not a real strong banana. Yeah, no. What it, I'm saying. It's
0: kind of a it's kind of an underripe mm-hmm. banana, like a green banana. But that is due to a particular yeast strain that is used when it comes to mm-hmm. this. And you can to me it 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 jumps out a lot more on a on the tape. Yeah. I, taste, of, it. I and it, taste it. It just tastes some. And there's a there's a yeast strain that is used um and you also find it in sake. You also find that kind of tropical banana-y flavor mm-hmm. in some sakes. cold sake, nut, never hot sake. But it's a really rich, rich and flavorful, flavorful beer. That while you may smell that alcohol at ten percent when you drink it, you don't get it at all.
1: Yeah, it, it's uh, so so smooth, balanced. Good way to put it. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic beer. Almost an easy drinking beer that you could <laughs> You drink can get
0: yourself in two trouble two of these
1: big bottles and you'd be done. You can get yourself in trouble with this beer.
0: I love this beer. This was actually the first Belgian beer that I ever had. I had it down at the flying saucer. Oh, okay. Um, I wanted something dark and the bartender said, Hey, well have you ever had this one? And I go, Nope. And I tried it and it was it, you know, it was over at that point. Um, mm-hmm. then I've had mm-hmm. their Christmas ale but Anyway, so you talked about how the your beer was not not made until the 30s. Mm-hmm. This beer wasn't really made until the 60s.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah, so you know they were cheesemakers all the way up until 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 the 60s, and actually, I'm sorry, it wasn't the 60s, or the 40s. So 1946 was when this group of brewer or monks, uh started brewing. And they actually pulled in somebody from Poland somebody of Polish descent that had that had some of that extra brewing experience. As they as they progressed forward, they sold off the cheese business. Yeah. And then they brought in some more people to come in and, you know, they're brewing <laughs> it's crazy. So the brewing licenses that Belgian gives out are thirty uh, year licenses. Oh wow, okay. <laughs> So, you know, they ended up you know they got it in 1962, so in 1992 they had to re up, re up, and they actually kind of rebranded themselves into St. Bernardus. But this recipe for this flagship beer goes all the way back to the 40s. Okay. And so
1: it's a and I love the I love the bottle. It's got St. Bernardus on there holding up <laughs> holding up the beer. and You can almost hear him say, "Brother." <laughs> yeah, you can also say,
0: "Brothers, come drink." <laughs> Cheers, brothers. Um, so as we uh, get into the pairing, let's now do they
1: make a? I think they make a ten or an eight.
0: So uh, they make a prior eight, yeah. um, which is their eight. But they make they make about six different beers, uh, maybe even more. But they they do a, anything from a really light wit mm-hmm. um, up into this up into this ABT twelve. Let's go ahead and get into the pairings. Jump and jump into with the Roquefort cheese Roquefort first. Cheese, huh? Yeah, we'll do. Was,
1: uh, my spoon was working on
0: that. <laughs> we'll do appetizer, main, and dessert kind of thing. Mm, okay. So So uh, Roquefort cheese, for those of you who don't know, is a uh, English style uh, blue cheese. It is blue and it is funky. It's got big chunks of blue in it and it's semi firm. Um, so it's a nice, it's a nice kind of spreadable cheese, and it's actually made with sheep's milk like a cow's milk cheese and it is it's brine. funky it's funky. It's briny it is also a very good pairing with pork
1: it works really well with this
0: yeah so you know it's the it's that salt and funk against that sweet mm-hmm. and that malty build man that funk just kind of carries straight through it mm-hmm. and uh so once again like i said this is a it's a really, really delicious beer. It's got a lot of kind of sweetness going on with it, and that funk of the, the funk and the salt of the blue cheese,
1: would go really well. There's a lot of salt in that uh-huh. in that blue cheese. Yep. And funk's a good word for it. Yeah. Earthy
0: umami, funky. That would go well with your revol too. That uh, beer calms it down, smooths it out,
1: yeah. rounds it out.
0: But mm-hmm. that that earthy, that umaminess kind of carries into the beer too and gives it a little bit of an oomph to kind of go through. So like I said, that this is a Belgian quad. It adheres to the original recipe that goes all the way back to the 1946. And that recipe is actually in that Trappist style. So it it is akin to Trappist ales, even though it is not a Trappist ale because it's not made in a brewery. In, a, um, abbey. in an abbey. They're also known as Grand Cru. So, Belgian Quad. If you've ever seen Chimony Grand Cru, I've never heard of that. Uh, or if you ever seen a Belgian beer called a Grand Cru, it yeah. is going to be a Quad style beer, which is pretty cool to know. Kind of helps you with understanding. Yeah. understanding labels when you go into it.
1: Does it show that on the front or the back?
0: No, it doesn't show it out here. It was just in my research about Belgian quads. Just that that's what it came up. Um, so, that cheese is lovely. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's really, if you like good funk and good blue cheeses, it's a great one to have. So, I'm going to go to the
1: stew. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead
0: and head on to the stew, and I'm going to say this next piece, and you can tell us what you think of it. So, it's Watu, not Watan. Watu, the place where the brewery is, is in the western fields of Flanders. Now, for anybody who's a, who's a World War I person, the fields of Flanders should kind uh-huh. of recognize, because it was one of a, it was a very, very large battlefield where a lot of people lost their lives. In the, field, in the fields of Flander, Flanders. If anybody is like, in the UK or over in Europe or watch any kind of professional, um, European professional soccer, you'll notice in the month of November that everybody has poppies on them. They wear poppies as a sign of um, respect and remembrance for those who lost their w- lives in the wars, and it's based on a poem that has to do with the fields of Flanders. Oh, okay. So, this is I didn't I didn't know this when I picked this, but this is another another thing to drink that comes from an area where there was great struggle and great strife when it comes to wars. And you know, we talked a lot a couple weeks ago about the um, Treaty of Versailles and the end of yeah. World War One and Paris yeah. and that kind of thing. War. And so, I thought it was interesting that this came up to be something that was you know kind of you know has a has a connection piece to there and. You know, kind of between the wars as well as when this kind of got going. Well, I've
1: been snacking over here.
0: Yeah, so tell me about the beef stew and the... So, beer. did you make beef stew or... I did. Okay. Very good. It's kind of a standard beef stew. I ended up having to use a pressure cooker, but... It, yeah.
1: has, it has some of that salt and sweetness. I mean, the meat is cooked down very well, and so are the potatoes. The sauce is very good. And so it... It pairs very well with this beer, Josh. Mhm. It doesn't have the salt that the that the funky cheese has, but there's enough of that salt that it kind of activates the sweetness of the beer. At least that's what I got.
0: Mhm. It's a that's a good pairing. Yeah, it's a really big hearty stew.
1: You know, it goes
0: well with a good hearty beer. Which this is. Yeah. You know. Kind of thins the beer out a little bit. Hmm? Kind of thins the beer out. So you said that it kind of takes out the sweetness? Yeah. The mouthfeel of the beer feels thinner than it did before. So before it was kind of thick and coating. Right. You're talking about sweetness but with this Right. With this, it feels a little bit thin and kind of racy as it's going through. So what do uh, you got any other stories from your, your trip to Belgium?
1: Well one little so I left you at uh, us hunting for Mary's chocolate, and we hadn't found it. Mm-hmm. So we were hot and tired and all that, and we're working our way back to the hotel. We thought, well, we, I think we need something to eat. We'd already eaten, I don't know, a couple times and had, like I said, five or seven beers. <laughs> so it's time for a couple more beers So we. We get this place, and it's an outdoor cafe, kind of on the square. There's a square there in in Brussels. And we order our two beers, and we order a pizza. And I know the guy knew English. Right. And that's okay. He kind of hid behind his French thing and, no, 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 no. And I said, no, what? And he said, two pizzas. We couldn't share. So we're kinda of in this tizzy and hurry to figure out a pizza and we're looking at the list and it looks like they're okay, here's this marinara pizza, we'll have that. Well, when that pizza came with the other pizza. It was marina. Oh. <laughs> Literally, Josh, they had taken like a can tuna and thrown canned tuna around on the pizza. And have you ever seen shrimp? That are only like a quarter of an inch long. (laughs) Like, oh, mini. (laughs) Little mini shrimp. Oh, they're not even minis. (laughs) And they're throwing on that pizza. 40, 60 shrimp. And uh, things were expensive there in Brussels. Yeah. Anyway, we couldn't eat that pizza. We took it back to the hotel. The the clerk at the hotel goes, oh, thank you, thank you. (laughs) It's like, you can have it. (laughs) Build some goodwill with
0: the hotel people. It's awesome. Alright, so let's get into this final pairing. So once again, these are little Are they the same? Milk chocolate yeah. They're milk chocolate covered caramels sea- with, with some, some sea salt. salt. Yeah. Oh. So first of all those are really good. Is that uh Trader Joe's? Uh no, those are from um they were bought at Whole Foods. No, oh, okay. And that caramel goes so well with this beer. I almost—I thought about doing a Bananas Foster because mm. I knew about the banana mm-hmm. ness in this beer. But the caramel goes with the banana of the beer. The chocolate yeah, doesn't overpower because it's milk chocolate. You know, doesn't kill the beer at all. And that salt just kind of goes through and lifts it all. And it's really delicious. So, we had some good
1: pairings. Mm -hmm. Your three are excellent.
0: Yeah. So, we talked about this beer as being a Belgian quad, and you kind of may be wondering what that means. So, I kind of did some research on, like, recipes for Belgian quads. Have you ever made a Belgian beer in your brewing experience? No. So, when I was looking at it, it kind of is like, it's almost like the ratio of malt to hop is like four to one. Okay, or like four pounds to in it, like there were so four much pounds of <laughs> malt. no, there were there were in this one recipe I looked at though, which was like a a mock, yeah, of this beer, there were um six different kinds of malts. whoa, yeah, and a lot of malt like. And I know, you, I know you always have a lot more malt than you do, malted grain than you do. I always know you have a lot more malted grain than you do hop. But it was like tons and tons of malt to not very much hop. Had two different boil hops. It had an initial boil hop and then a finished boil hop. But those equated maybe a half a pound. And the malt was like five, okay. five. Plus, five plus pounds. <laughs> And so it was, it was like the ratio was kind of what I was looking at. And it was interesting because, you know, this is a very malt-forward beer. Right. You would definitely call this a malt-forward beer. There are presence of hops, but they're really there just to kind of add a little bit of bitterness to it.
1: You have to use a lot of malt to get the sugars up high enough so that when everything gets done... Oh you've got that high ABV. Right.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of what I was thinking is like the ratio has to go up and maybe that's kind of where, cause I couldn't find a, a definitive history to where the, 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 or why the delineation of Dubell triple and quad comes in. And so it seemed like the ratio of malt to hop, malt to hop goes up. Right. The, you know, as the double triple or quad. The one place said it was like, well, it's how many times it was fermented. The author was like, well, that can't be true because beer is
1: only fermented once.
0: (laughs) It's not double. It's not double or triple fermented. Right. That was right. (laughs) Somebody
1: didn't know the rules on. Yeah. And so they were like,
0: well, no, it's actually probably more of a ratio thing or a strength thing. Like this would be kind of four times the strength of a standard beer. And I mean, this is 4% higher than right. your uh, Belgian pale ale that you, that we had. so Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, it, you know, even a wit would be less. Uh-huh. So, who knows? But this, this
1: is a really, really good beer.
0: So, what do you think? Uh, this
1: may have to be my favorite almost Belgium. <laughs> I mean, not almost Belgium. This may have to be my favorite Belgium, but not Trappist. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure what Trappist beers we could even... Even good, other than
0: Schumacher, so we can get do du- we can get Duval. I don't know if Duval is a Trappist. I'd have to. Say. We can, I don't think it is. We can get um, Lafitte. We can still get Lafitte. Hmm. We can get the one out of the one out of New Mexico, and aren't the guys? Isn't there a tra- isn't there a Trappist group in uh, Shiloh Springs? Yes. Aren't they? Aren't they considered? Aren't they actually Trappist? I know there' I know they're, I know they're cesarean, uh I know they're they're of the brotherhood. Yes, um, but I'm not sure if they're considered a Trappist. But anyway, um, Spencer Trappist Ale. Yeah, from the U.S. Right, which I don't think we get. But um, but I know there there's some
1: of them I can't out there. See where that is, but it's Trappist. Yeah, it's the United States. So,
0: but you know. This beer's it. I think this beer is so good. So uh, what do you say about top pairings? For you, what are your top pairings with yours,
1: and what about with mine? My top pairing is tough. Yeah. But I'm like, I am like the Mussels. Yeah. You know, the Croquette. <laughs> Both of those are so traditional. Right. And so is the Belgium Chocolate. But I, I love Mussels. Okay. So I think that was a really good pairing with the beer.
0: Okay. What about with
1: mine? the cheese yeah that funky r- <laughs> i knew you were gonna love that with the saltiness that you didn't expect i mean i mean the 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 caramel with the sea salt was fantastic so was your i mean it's like 1.1 one one, one 1.2 i mean three. we got we got to <laughs> sit out there that's the that's the point
0: of what we're doing we got we got to put our definitive stamp out there okay. so
1: my, my definitive stamp is the mussels with the orval right. and the cheese with the uh, non trappist with the ABT twelve uh, yeah abt
0: twelve so I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with you you know on the orval the the mussels I mean for me just enjoying knowing that I can like mussels and I could I don't know if I could order them by myself yet. But I could share muscles with somebody. It was a big like that that in and of itself was just worth having the pairing. But it worked really, really well, that oniony that oniony flavor went really well. And then I think for me with the A B T Tel twelve, it was the chocolate. Okay. It was the caramel. Yeah. All the elements of that of that played really, really well with the beer and just kind of made both sing in a way that was just Unexpected, but man, that Roquefort, that Roquefort in this is what it is so so good. And I'm not a huge blue cheese guy, so if if you're wanting to try a good blue cheese, but you're kind of nervous about it, get yourself an ABT12 or or any (laughs) or any good Belgian quad because I think I think the theory would work with a Belgian quad. Uh huh. Get yourself a good Belgian quad, whether it's local or it's um, Europe or whether it's European, Dave. I know you're listening. You need to go back to Black Abbey and get some of their beers because they had some. They had a really so. My friend Dave out in Nashville. There is a brewery in Nashville called Black Abbey Brewing, and they do a lot of Belgian style beers.
1: Oh, really? And
0: they had a quad that was lights out. It was so so good. And if you're ever going to Nashville once the world opens back up, and they and Black Abbey still does it. They do a 20 beer flight. What, yes, (laughs) so they made 20 beers and they do like you can get every single one in a flight. It was absolutely amazing when we were there and doing it. But, but so if you want to try a good, a good, funky blue cheese in any kind of Belgian quad, would go really really well. Absolutely, so all right, um. I don't have anything else. Do you have any questions or any other stories no, you want I, to tell?
1: No, I think that,
0: I think we're good. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's head into the blind. All right. All right. So, we've poured up the blind. You ready, Dan?
1: I'm ready. All right. Let's get into it. I'm using deductive beer tasting method. Tasting dread. So, this beer is sort of cold. So, I think I'll go down that edge. Beer color. Ooh, it's a nice amber golden color. Sediment. I don't see any sediment. It doesn't look to be hazy. You can almost, you could almost really it. Mm-hmm. Not quite. Um, head retention. You, there's not much head here. Nope. What happened? I don't know. Didn't, okay. didn't sit there. Mm, some good aromas. Left. Oh, what do you think? Mm. Tell us what you're smelling. No, that's what I'm trying to figure out kind of cold, so I'm not smelling much. I'll come back to that. So, I don't see any nuts or coffee or anything. The color is that golden color, so it's, you know, it's not going to be a, a stout or porter. Might as well go for a taste. Yep. Ooh, nice and sweet. A little bit of bitterness. A little bit of acidity. Like I said, the the
0: head went away pretty much. So a trick to warm it up, Dad, is if you kind of put your hands around the bowl Mm -hmm. and then swirl it, Yeah, that'll start to the warmth of your hands. Mm -hmm. Warm it up a little. Kind of warm it up, and it'll also open up the beer because you're starting to spin it. It'll kind of get a little bit more head, a little bit more oxidized as you're going.
1: Right. I still don't get much aroma from it. Mm. So it's light on the fullness. Kind of a body. Kind of mouth feels good don't smell alcohol, so it's probably just, you know, in that 5% range. Now, I'm I'm starting to get some bittering.
0: Okay. But that sweetness, do you really think it's only about 5%? Like, that's,
1: 5% is like Bud Light range. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe it's above that. You're right. Could be. So, I'm getting some good, good hot bittering. Mm. Had this beer before. Mm-hmm. I did give him that hint that he's had this beer before.
0: Well, I've tasted it before. I remember it. But I don't remember what it is. <laughs> that's the trick. Yep, that's always the trick. That's uh, why. If you're going to do these blinds, I really suggest taking beers and going through a grid when you know what the beer know is. Know what it is. That's right. So what, do we th- what are we thinking? Hot forward, malt forward, grain
1: forward. What are you thinking? But I don't know. Let me work on this. So I think it's hop forward. Okay. But it's not real hoppy. And I do get some good bittering on the finish. Okay.
0: Hmm. So you said hop forward, good malt, get a little bit of more of an aroma. That What are you getting on that aroma now that's warming up and you've kind of swirled a little bit? Still not much. So you got kind of sweet, Got a good hop, bittering front on middle and end end of the beer. Right. Not a whole lot when it comes to the aroma, but that's probably mostly because it's cold. Right. So what are you thinking? I'm thinking it might be a
1: pale ale of some type. Okay. Okay. So I want to say, I think it might be like an Oktoberfest type beer. Okay. So a Marzen,
0: you think this is a Marzen yeah, style it's beer. Could
1: be a Marsin type. Okay. Has a little bitter on it.
0: Okay. All right. So let's go with That's, that's it. what I'm going to go with. All right. We're going to call it a we're going to call it a Marzen, a Marzen style Marzen style uh, logger. Okay. All right. Sounds great. And um so uh next week where it's going to be a liquor week and we're going to be doing vodkas. Uh, it's going to be an interesting week because uh, Dad and I don't drink a whole lot of vodka ourselves.
1: No. <laughs> and so
0: it's, it's going to be fun getting to learn more about vodka and kind of get into it and seeing kind of what it tastes like. So, Dad, what are you going to be doing?
1: I'm going to do Tito's Handmade Vodka. Awesome. Being new for me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> going and doing a, some Tito's Vodka. Awesome. And I'm going to be doing absolute absolute vodka
1: not absence vodka
0: no not absent (laughs) absolute 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 vodka all right so it's going to be a great time next week i hope you come and join us for another podcast uh thank you for joining us for this one uh remember to follow us on all the socials we are on facebook twitter and instagram we are most active on our instagram we are at acquired tastings on instagram reach out to us give us uh give us a shout I'd like a uh, chit-chatting with you guys as the week progresses um also Don't forget to give us a, if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a follow on your favorite podcast platform, as well as drop us a review. We love to see all the, all the star reviews that we get, go ahead and write one as well. And, um, we look, we look forward to seeing you guys on our next podcast. So once again, I'm Josh Mills and I'm John Mills and we'll see you next time. Thank you. And goodbye.